your number one source for election coverage and analysis. This is Gerard at Large. It is 24 minutes before the hour here on the Gerard at Large radio show, and we're pleased to be in studio with Mark Flanders. He's a candidate for school board here in the Queen City, running in Ward 4. He's a second-time uh, candidate. Nope, you're perfect right there. Okay. You're perfect right there. Second time uh, second time unto the breach, a rematch with incumbent Leslie Want, who uh, edged him out in the last election. Uh, things seem to have changed a bit in Ward 4. We're going to find out what uh, Mark has to say about things uh, right now, I guess. Good morning, Mark. Good morning. How Thanks. are you? Good. Good. All right. So, Mark, why don't you introduce yourself personally and professionally to our audience and then we'll get on to the business at hand and discuss the school board. All right. Obviously, my name is Mark Flanders, lifelong resident of the city. Um, I live on Maryland Ave. I've been in the same house for 35 years. I've got two children, a senior and a junior at Central. Great school. I work for a large insurance company, the probably ninth largest homeowner carrier and 16th largest auto carrier uh, in the country. So I bring with me business experience, litigation experience, uh, budgetary, contract, and uh, regulatory experience. And first and foremost, I come to serve, and I believe I can do a better job than my opponent, and I'll do for free. <laughs> Basically, I uh, won't take any benefits, and uh, I'm there to serve. Yeah, I, I have to say I was actually somewhat surprised to see that uh, she was on the benefit list because I believe at the beginning of the term she made a statement that she wasn't taking the benefits. So clearly something has changed. What's your general uh, thought? Because, you know, this battle has raged, um, you know, on and on. And uh, I have failed, I think, now on two, maybe three different occasions to get the board to vote to remove the benefits for the incoming board. Um well, I, what I don't understand, and I, maybe you can help clarify for me, what I don't understand is why they believe that they should give themselves or they're entitled to have access to something as part-time employees, which is what they are considered under law, uh, something that they don't give to, say, the lunch ladies who are considered part-time employees under the law or other part-time employees the district has. It just bothers me. Mm. I don't understand it, quite frankly. Again, if I keep repeating myself, they're there to serve. I'm not sure how many of the board members take the benefits. Uh, I know my opponent does. I pay $12,000 a year for health insurance. Uh, that's 12000 That's through your employer. Correct. But yeah. that's that's what I pay. Mm -hmm. That's what I pay for premium, and I've got an HSA, so I've got a $6,500 out-of-pocket deductible. So in addition to your $12,000, you're paying $6,500 in deductibles? No, that's total in premium, and that's total in HSA deductible, $12,000. Oh, okay. So that's premium and deductible. Correct. So mm -hmm. I don't know what the benefit is for the city, but I assume it's somewhere close to that because they're all pretty much the same. Well, there are a variety of plans, but they pay uh, they pay 20% of the premium cost. Which brings me to another subject. To me, they should be all HSAs, uh, but that's a whole other subject area. Well, the city does have an HSA. Nobody um, wants it. Uh, well... That, that well, relative to the number who take everything else, right? <laughs> but uh, those numbers have been inching up. The problem is, is that we saw this in the last round of contract negotiations. The problem is that um, it actually costs the city more money to move people to the HSA, at least in the short run, because of the incentives it's giving people uh, to be in the HSA. Well, I don't get any incentives. 
I mean, I, I was shocked to see that, the, and I'm not sure what the numbers are, but they give them a stipend. I take it towards their deductible. Uh, well, it's not toward the. Uh, now, what are you talking about? So, if you got an HSA with a six thousand dollar deductible or sixty five, like I have, yeah, my understanding is, and correct me if I'm wrong, that they get like two or three thousand dollars towards that. You fund. mean, city employees, yeah, or their school district employees, yeah, yeah. I forget exactly what the numbers are, and I I don't want to uh, call them, but uh, I don't want to cite them without mm-hmm. having them in front of me. But, but yes, but there the is city, an amount. the city is putting a substantial amount of money towards the deductible and the HSA. That's great. Or the school district is too. Great deal. Wish I had it. And we have uh, John, uh, oh, Hook, former Hooks at School Board member John Liskars is calling in. Good morning, John. Good morning, Rich. Good morning, Mark. Good morning. A call in. I love it. Uh, yeah, Mark, we just got a, a question for you. On uh, Facebook, do you have a presence? Do you have a, a Facebook I, I, You know, it's funny you asked that. I wasn't on it before. I'm on it now. Trying to find me is very difficult. I'm having people work on it. What I did was I had my son set me up on, I believe it's like a, a political page. I'm definitely up there, but some people can't find me. Some people can, and I'm working on that. All right. It's, so it's, so it's, we it's, want to find you, Mark, and, and I'll tell you why. Um, we have a Facebook group on there called Manchester, New Hampshire School Chat Uncensored, and we're supporting a uh, what we call a dream team candidacy, and you're one of the dream team members. I'm flattered. So I Thank just you. want to get. I want to want to give you that platform to allow you and and Rich Gerard has got a great show for you to have a platform as well. So we're going to get the word out to make sure people know you when they go to the voting station and, and put your name down on the ballot. Okay? I'm working on that as we speak. And last night, I don't know what the issue is. My son's the administrator. Um, I guess it's not private. It's a public. It's a political page, and it's it's Mark Flanders for school board. And, and Mark that, Flanders for school board. Yeah, perfect. And, and the M, the uppercase for Mark, uppercase for Flanders, lowercase for four. School board is uppercase on both words for the you know the S and the B. And I've got right, guys well, working on you, it. Mark. Thank you so much, and thank you for calling. All right, All right that's uh, Hooks at former Hooks at school board member John Liskars, who doesn't like his tuition, uh, the tuition dollars from his town paid for by his property taxes supporting. Uh, taxpayer-provided benefits of Manchester School Board members. Um, so that um, brings me to a, 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 a point here that I think we can talk about. So you're you're a you're a no vote on benefits, taxpayer benefits for school board members. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. And you're saying here that you won't take them. I'm saying I won't take them. Um. Good. We we just had a shift in the vote. Um. There have been a, a, a number of issues uh, over the, this past term where I think school board members have voted um, either to protect one of their friends on the board or attack people they perceive as their enemies and have done so at the expense of the overall interest of the dis- district. I mean, this past Monday night, we had former school board, uh, not former, but at-large school board member Nancy Tessier. I saw. Um, uh, you know, clearly a breach of... Uh, personnel confidentiality, and not just the personnel members who were discussed, but the superintendent whose uh, discussion, I believe, was flagrantly mischaracterized um, by uh, Ms. Tessier. Uh, and then the vote, two votes, <coughs> one to receive and file, which for people who don't know what that means, means we're not going to deal with it. We're going to make it go away. And the other vote, which went along the same lines um, to refuse to release the findings, the detailed findings of the investigation, which 
showed what Tessier did, showed what policies, charter provisions, and state laws she violated. If you had been on the school board, Mark, would you have voted to receive and file, or would you have voted to uh, keep the letter secret, as your opponent did? I would vote the. I'm not sure how your question, but I would have voted the same way you did. <laughs> so, in other words, you would have voted to deal with it, and you would not have voted to keep the letter secret, right? Can what I ask you a question with that regard? Yeah, go ahead. The lawyer, how much you paying that guy? Um, too much. I mean, I, I unbelievable. I, I just, I, I can't. He said a lot of nothing. <laughs> and how much was he on the? Was he on the clock when he was sitting there? Of course he was. Did you? It, it was uh, hopefully my exasperation wasn't showing through. Well, it was, and um, you know, if I can toot my horn a little bit, I, I, I deal with litigation all the time, multiple states. And if and aside to that, I think I can keep confidentiality and no one to keep my mouth shut. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been doing it for a long time. Um, I, I just was mortified at, at the whole thing. You know, transparency. I mean, I don't think there was anything in that letter that, other than the facts of what happened. Yeah, I mean, and it was a breach. The I don't idea know that it was, what happened. Yeah, the idea that it was legal advice or somehow an opinion, uh, pretty thin, if you ask me. How much is your legal budget a year? You know, I'd have to take a look at it, but um, it's it's something that we're working on and looking to hire an attorney in house. Thank you. Not that an attorney in house is going to solve <laughs> all of our issues, uh, but I, I think water, maybe? I think a <laughs> lot of the um I think a lot of the more routine stuff, the personnel stuff, uh and and some of the ongoing issues that we now spend, I don't know what is it, 300 400 dollars an hour for, we'll we'll have a guy in house for. 300 400 dollars an hour. I, I don't know what the rate is. You but. could hire your own probably 100 150 an hour or work solely for the school department probably do a better job. Well, let's hope so, because Dr. Vargas is heading in that direction. Good. Um, I want to I want to get to, we started talking about the benefits. Benefits bring to mind contract. And uh, the union has said it wants to, uh, well, it's served notice that it wants to start renegotiating its, its, its contract, given that the uh, current terms expire at the end of this school year. So Good. let me let me get your thoughts on negotiations with the teachers and what you as a as a member of the public as a member potentially of the school board would like to see happen in that contract. Well, first of all, there's no money if the, if there's an increase in benefits and an increase in uh, pay. There's no money for it, so I would I would vote against the contract. Mm-hmm. You can tell me um, and correct me if I'm wrong. I know the board of mayor and aldermen the. The unions seem to circumvent the negotiator and have a deal directly with the with the alderman. Right. Now, I don't know if the school board is the same thing. Well, you tell me. We have a negotiations subcommittee. It's a special committee on negotiations. Are they which board is, members? Uh, yes. It's uh, currently comprised of John Avard, who is the chairman, I believe Ross Terrio, and I, I'm at a loss for who the third member is at the moment. But um, so they negotiate to, on behalf of the board and- um, one of the things that I know we've we've started to do, uh, and we've had a couple non-public sessions, or at least one non-public session, where we can discuss things that we are looking for as a board. That that doesn't typically happen. The negotiation subcommittee in the past has kind of done its own thing, 
uh, and then come to the board with what it did. And I know in speaking to Vice Chairman Beaudry, he kind of wants to put the boots to that and say, you know what, uh, we're going to get board input before, during, and after the negotiations so that there's ongoing dialogue um, on, on the progress. So that's the way it is currently working. That hasn't always been the case, but that's the current setup. Mm-hmm. So, and the man who gave us the last contract is leading the charge on the new one, at least right now. Wonderful. So, so what you're saying is, is that your considerations on whether or not there will be a pay raise is all going to be about the allocation of resources. What, what's more important to you? Um, Money for students, books, Basically, the school system as opposed to salaries. Right. So if the, if, you know, if the administration or even the teachers union say, well, what we really need is to hire uh, you know, X number of more teachers so we can deal with uh, lost course offerings or class sizes or, or whatnot, is it more important to you that that staff be available if needed than uh, pay raises be given? Yeah. Yeah, that the, that the staff is there. And I'm not sure that the staff and you – probably know better than I do, that the staff isn't already there. The, the term right-sizing is thrown around a lot. Uh, I know yeah. the the school system is probably halved in terms of uh, number of students than it was 10 years ago. You get the same amount of teachers. Well, certainly that's the case in the high schools. Okay. And, uh, and uh, there has been – see, and here's, here's what we run into, okay? Uh, and, and, and this is a problem because of the way union contracts and certifications and stuff work, Right. Uh, if you have a decrease in enrollment at the high school and you no longer need those high school teachers, you actually have to lay them off. So what we did in the last budget was we laid off 14, uh, 12 uh, high school level positions and then we hired at the middle and elementary school levels where we needed the teachers. Mm-hmm. Now, that's the way it works. So... There have been reductions in staff, but those reductions in staff have not corresponded really to the reduction in the uh, enrollments. We've seen reductions in enrollments across the board, including at the elementary school level. So the idea that we have more kids in elementary school now than ever is just wrong. But when you do something like say, oh, we're going to go to all day kindergarten, well, you just doubled the number of teachers you need for kindergarten and you just doubled the amount of classroom space that you need for kindergarten. And that, so do we have any more kindergarten kids than we ever did? No, we just have them all in a building at the same time now where oh, we never did. Correct. And, and, and so we make goofy decisions like that without understanding the impacts. And then we wake up when we just say, oh, it's crowded. Well, is it? You know, back in the day, if, so if you have that and then you, everybody's got to have a dedicated art room, a dedicated music room, and now a dedicated room for health, you just take three classrooms out of circulation. Right. And you try to say, well, you know what, turn it into a regular classroom, put art on a cart. You, you would have thought that you told someone to walk into the room with a machine gun. Right. Uh, so it's, it's stuff like that that really drives a lot of the issues, but nobody really discusses because if they do, they realize they're going to look like they're foolish. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Right Uh, after the break for traffic, weather, and sports. Josh? Great. We'll continue with Mark Flanders right after this. 